Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Bam. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. Okay, guys, this is exciting. I have Michael G. Hi. Hey, you were, you were on Desiree Season as Bachelorette, then Bachelor in Paradise 2, then Bachelor Winter Games. Correct, yes. What a career. It's been, yeah, that's that's quite a trilogy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I found love on zero of those. Come on, you had a lot of opportunities. I know, I know, I can I can only blame myself. Okay, well, ironically, a lot of this these questions that I have for you, I do know you quite well, but I don't know a lot of like your bachelor journey. Believe it or not, we, d- we don't really talk about this that much. What were you up to in your life before reality television? God, I don't think my life had started yet before reality television. I was 32 years old. Okay. And then 33 when the show aired. Um, no, I was, I had a very um, full plate uh, with my legal career. At the time, I was a, a federal prosecutor. I was working um, at the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of Florida. So I had the Department for the Department of Justice out of the Miami office. Gee, that sounds very professional. It was very professional. And so it, it was so professional that I decided I needed to be on reality television. I was going to say, most people, it's like they're not really doing anything and then they go on reality TV. Like you had your shit together and then you did reality TV. Yeah. And I decided that I wanted to blow it all up and, and go on go on uh, The Bachelorette. Uh, no, but it, truth be told, so obviously you work as a federal prosecutor. You're not, you're not making the big box, right? Because you're doing right. public service. And you know, so you're doing it for the experience, which obviously that was my dream job. That was my career goal out of law school was to be, uh, it's called an assistant United States attorney, a federal prosecutor. And so I accomplished that. But during the, you know, in the, in the process, I, I actually went through a pretty bad breakup. Um, and uh, someone that I was living with and someone I thought, you know, was heading towards marriage. And so when that happened, I was so sort of down and depressed as as one gets when they're brokenhearted and mm-hmm. i had friends of mine uh four um girlfriends of mine um who all of whom don't do not know one another all nominate me you know online and i think that was like this shows how old i am i think that was one of the first times where you could actually nominate someone online <laughs> where you could, like, take a jpeg from their friendster <laughs> from their friendster page or myspace and there was no instagram yet so and, and, you know, sort of um, put that out there. And so I got a call at the time from a, uh, a producer who still is involved, Lacey Pemberton, who's still no involved way. in casting. Yeah. Wow. And uh, asking me if I would come to Orlando uh, for an open casting call, like as an invitation um, and on like a Wednesday. And I was like, well, I was like, first of all, I know you're in L.A., so you don't understand this, but Miami and Orlando are not the same city. Uh, <laughs> they're actually a good, like, four hours apart. Right. And a Wednesday is a work day for me, you know, yeah. like I kind of have, a, a, like, a grown-up job at this point. And, uh, you know, I can't just take off to, to audition for the, you know, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, whatever. Um, <laughs> but that 
I, I think, you know, they were just kind of like, okay, well, you know, if you change your mind, please let us know. We'd love to meet you. And I got the names of the friends who had sort of put me forward and, and, and nominated me for okay. this. And I, I called them each individually. They're just friends from different parts of life. Like one was a friend from growing up in high school. One was a friend from from law school. One was a friend from the law firm I worked at and, and another good friend from New York City. And um, yeah, and, and they were all like, Michael, you know, you've been so depressed, like you need to do this at the very least. This will be a distraction. It'll be a good story. And it turns out, as fate would have it, that that Wednesday of this um, of this, uh, you know, the casting call, I had a, um, a a hearing in the afternoon that was moved to the morning. And then my my afternoon, another afternoon hearing, um, the morning hearing was canceled. So I actually had the afternoon free. And I was like, okay, maybe this is a sign. And, uh, you know, and so, yeah. So I, you know, I faked the doctor's appointment or something that <laughs> afternoon. I drove from Miami to Orlando, like all, you know, in my suit already from work and got there, did, you know, an hour on camera, came back, turned around and drove back to Miami that night to get to work the next day. And I mean, you obviously, you know how the process works. And then yeah. a couple of weeks later, I got a call and then, then they came to Miami. And um, a couple of times, obviously, at that point, they were coming to meet with me and Juan Pablo, who was on oh my, my gosh. Yeah, uh, and also lived in who lived in Miami. Um, and so you know, and then from there, obviously, you know, I got invited to LA for the for the finalist weekend. And at that point, I'm like, well, I got a free trip to LA out of this. Like, that was great. It 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 was a distraction. It was funny, and and I never thought in a million years that they would ask me to do the show. And and once they did, then I had to. Obviously, I was like, okay, well, now that I have an offer to actually be on the show, not as an all, I made sure I was like, is this as an alternate not or an do alternate. you want me? You know, because I'm not going to ask. I'm going to tell my work about right. this. So, right. So once they said, no, no, we want you in our, you know, in our, our original cast and our, you know, 25 of our, one of our 25 men, I went, I made an appointment to speak to my boss, you know, the United States attorney who was appointed by President Obama directly. And I was one of his first hires as a, you know, as a liberal Democrat that I am and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, fit, I fit with that administration. And so you know, I made an appointment. I'll never forget. He's, you know, this is, you know, one of my mentors and still a role model of mine to this day in the, in the legal field. And he's, you know, sat next to me in his oh huge God. office that overlooks, you know, the Miami Bay and, and everything else. And, and he said, you know, you're not quitting on me, are you? And I said, no, 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 I'm not quitting. But I, you know, I have sort of this interesting opportunity. I want to run by you. And, um, you know, he, I've, was comfortable enough with him that he also knew about this breakup that I was going oh, through okay. that, you know, he, he sort of knew and he was just like, well, you know, look at you. He goes, you're a, you know, you're a, a, a successful, charming, you know, you know, young man. Like, of course they would want you. He's like, well, you know, you have my support. That sounds like fun. And, you know, I was like, Oh my God, really? And so he's like, well, we have to obviously put it up, raise it through the ethics committee and, and go up the chain to Maine justice in Washington, DC. And this whole, it turned into this whole big thing. Um, layers and layers of approvals to get a leave of absence, to be able to do the show, to appear on television. But because I was not getting paid because I wasn't there to provide legal services. And because, you know, uh, you know, I, you know, I wasn't there on behalf of the department of justice, like they allowed me to do it. And I ended up getting a letter signed by the attorney general of the United States at the time, Eric Holder, giving me permission to do, 
you know, to take eight weeks uh, of leave of absence to do the bachelorette. Holy crap. Yeah. So I, I think, I, you know, a lot of people have gone through a lot of uh, met a lot of steps to, to be on the show. But I think I think I went through the most, you know, sort of I thought my steps were awkward. Yeah. But the good news is that unlike some people, I didn't have to leave quit my job. Right. I got approval to do it. And so when I eventually got, you know, got dumped and kicked off the show, I, I went right back. You know, I took about I took a few days and then went right back to work. I inherited all my cases that I had to unload, like 78 cases I had and and uh, went back to trial and, and went back in front of, you know, judges and and had to deal with a lot of a lot of razzing and a lot of, um, you know, when I got back to the office, obviously, which was fun. But um, yeah. That, that's sort of my, I guess, uh, the origin story of my Bachelorette, Bachelor franchise career. But like, okay, so what happened when the show is airing? Yeah, so I had, you know, I, I obviously, I, I was a federal prosecutor, I'm in trial, and I would have defense attorneys, you know, it's called voir dire, where you question the jury veneer, the jury panel about you know, whatever their biases might be, et cetera. And they would say, you know, you might recognize the prosecutor from, you know, primetime ABC television show, The Bachelorette, you know, is that going to affect your ability to be impartial and to weigh this case based on the evidence? And, you know, of course, I mean, True. they're doing that just to sort of mess with me. And, <laughs> you know, I got a lot of the judges would, you know, when I would appear, you know, you get up there and you say, yeah, the, you know, good morning, Your Honor. This is Michael Garfield on behalf of the United States. Is like, good morning, Mr. Garfield. It's nice to see you in person and not just on my television and, oh. you know, things like that. And you know, it was it was fun. You know, it was. Um, yeah, I, I would say, though, I don't know if you went through this, but when my show was airing, I was I started I was seeing someone in Miami and she ended up dumping me because she did not like my portrayal on and the fact that I was on television and that I was being recognized and, and also that oh. I, that I cried at the end. When I got, when I got that dumped. was what she didn't like. Was you crying? She dumped me. Yeah. She was, she was not very nice. I remember being at the men tell all like talking to uh, a couple of the producers about how I just got dumped because, you know, my episode aired that showed me, you know, on the phone with my mom crying, crying when I got dumped. That would be the part where most women's hearts would like melt, you would think. Yeah, well, you know, this Not this, this individual probably wasn't going to be the the one for me, right? Um <laughs> <laughs> needless to say but uh, he's now married and i am not so what does that say it says a okay. lot but you the way you speak about it makes it sound like you had never seen the show before i i had not you know i know knew about the show i had never watched an entire season like i knew of the show i knew people were would always say friends of mine and and, and this you know obviously this is so typical I'm, I'm not alone in this and friends would say oh you should be on that sh on the show you should totally be on that you would be amazing you know that kind of thing and so I knew of, of the show and after I was asked to be on it and and agreed I did go back and watch some of Sean Lowe's season because I wanted to know a little bit more about about Desiree obviously and um you know wanted to see how the show went and in, in hindsight I sh what I should have done is watch the bachelorette not the bat because it, it is sort of different and and now and as you know um knowing what i know now and watching when you watch the bachelorette now you see like it's the same pattern over same and over and over stuff. again like the same conflicts the same dates the same like Literally. even some people look alike i mean like you know 
It's literally the same storyline, the same drama, the same everything with just different characters. Like, obviously, there's nuances, but it's all the same shit. Every time. But then you even have, I don't know, I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I always watch the show and I'm like, hmm, that person looks like Liv or that person <laughs> looks like Nick Vial or that person looks like, you know, Ashley True. I, you know, and I'm just like the cast, you know, the, those casting people, like they have a type, they know what they're looking for. And, and um, I, I think just physically, I see I see so many similarities, and I I know that Bachelor Nation feels the same way because they're always sort of tweeting out like this person looks like if if Nick Vial and this person had a baby, it would it would be this person. And well, then okay, would you say Des was like I don't know, quote unquote, your type? Yeah, I I I think um, there were. Um, I, I said in that from Sean Lowe's season, I was like, you know, there are two or three of those women that I really would have been excited to meet um the other two were at the time um uh you know uh leslie murphy and um and ashley frazier and uh and desiree and i thought you know desiree is obviously you know very pretty girl next door like very down to earth and and i found that those things were true so i was i was excited about you know about meeting her you pull up in the limo it's very exciting, a lot going on. What's your first impression of Des, of night one, of what the hell you got yourself into? Yeah, your you know, nerves are going, and obviously, you know, you sort of think in your mind and you have so much time in that hotel room in that Westlake yep. hotel that you're rehearsing sort of what you think you're going to say. And I, I felt like, honestly, I felt like I was preparing my opening statement for trial, you know, <laughs> you get those, those, that excited energy and that nervousness. And you just, you know, what, what you say is you definitely want to get the first line, right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you don't, you don't want to want after that, then it feels like comfortable. Once you start talking, then it feels comfortable. And so it was definitely like trying to, you know, be friendly with the other guys that were in my limo. But at the same time, I was like in my own mind, like thinking of, of what I was going to say. And I, you know, I remember getting out and um, she was wearing a, you know, this uh, long sequin silver sort of sequin gown dress and she looked beautiful and the driveway was soaking wet. It was nicely, uh, you know, fountain and the lighting and everything else. And um, yeah, no, it was, it was exciting. And uh yeah, I, I felt like once I got in front of her and, and, and like I said, started talking and got through the first thing I was wanted to say, it was it felt very comfortable and I, I felt pretty confident, you know. So you didn't black out like I like you actually knew what you were saying. I knew what I was saying, but then there was, you know, so I my thing was I was going to take her over to the fountain to make a wish because she had done that on Sean Lowe's season. That was her entrance with Sean. And so my thing was like, oh, you know, let's let's get a do over on your wish, you know, like it's Cute. time, you know. Yeah. So I thought that was a, a good idea. Um, some of my other ideas were shot down by producers. So what uh, were they? gosh, I don't remember, but oh. something about something about giving her a rose or something. And, you know, they were just kind of like, you know, we don't really like to do that. Like, it's her job. She's the bachelorette. She gives out the roses. True. And I was like, yeah, I guess. So. And, and in hindsight, to be honest, my ideas were stupid now that I know the show. <laughs> but as a newcomer to the show, I thought I was being like creative or inventive or innovative. But it, it was stupid and like I'm glad I did not do the things I was <laughs> other things I was thinking of so I went with this which was very cute unfortunately there was supposed to be 
pennies already in the fountain that I can reach out and grab one. Uh-huh. And and they're like either either the producers that told me they put them in there forgot to put them in there, or because that fountain is like a waterfall of rushing water, they had already gotten spit out and I couldn't find any. So luckily I had a backup in my pocket and I took it out and we, you know, we made the wish. And that that was sort of our thing going forward. Like every time we had any one-on-one time or whatever, if there was like a fountain, we'd go make a wish. Like in Germany, I remember we took a walk and we made another wish together in a well. And it was, yeah, that was kind of like our our little inside joke, our little thing. But you became, okay, so quickly, it went from like you dating Des to you versus Ben. Yeah. Um, I, I think I was the perfect foil for that. And this is, you know, one of those situations where, like I said, I wish I had seen other seasons of The Bachelor to know sort of what, where they were going with this. But it was also like, I, I went into that whole situation with eyes wide open. I mean, I, I knew I had some very, very direct conversations with maybe it's because of my my field and what my job was but with with producers during this thing i was like okay so you obviously want me to be the guy that like stands up to this i'm like i'm willing to do that but in exchange like i want this time with desiree i want this i don't want to wait until two in the morning to talk to like you know we had like sort of nice negotiation back and forth and i was like i'm willing to do that and i'm like and they would say things and i was like well that's not something i would say but i would say this and, you know, we would we would sort of like barter and, and negotiate um, terms. So I, I knew like what what was happening. And yeah, I think, look, I think early on, I think Ben was someone who really did kind of like rub people the wrong way. And, and, and you know, I think he was just kind of like a jerk and a know it all. And, you know, and, and now, you know, you're looking back now, this is how many years you know, seven years later, I, I think, you know, he just had some, you know, he had his own sort of like insecurities and, and personality issues and, and, you know, it doesn't make him a bad person. He just, he really like was the one guy in the house. you know, unfortunately there's, you know, there's that, there's just like the one person in the house that is sort of like not being nice to everyone. And, and he was kind of that person and, um, you know, he just making co- the comments he would make and things like that. And so, yeah, I was sort of the, I guess the representative of the rest of the guys to, to be the one to confront him and to, you know, um, yeah, to confront him and, and to talk, you know, to talk to him directly, you know, to his face rather than just complain about him behind his back. But the guys were like supportive of you doing that, right? Like they probably, okay. Yeah. To a, to a, to a person. I mean, there were some of the guys obviously, you know, got along with them. I mean, like, you know, still got along with him, but every, every guy was like, like, I remember the, eventually, you know, it led to a two on one day. Right. And and every person in that house cheered when it was like, you know, when I came back and and Ben's suitcase was taken away, you know, like that kind of thing. And, and, and every guy would tell me like, when I talked to Des, I told her like, you know, you better keep Michael, you know, that kind of thing. And um, so, yeah, you know, but that also, that's also not a good thing because it also in that atmosphere, in that environment, it also emboldens you. It also makes you think like, wow, what I'm doing is righteous and, and I'm getting rid of the bad guy. And, and so you, it, it causes you to maybe get a little carried away, you know, which, which I admit, you know, I certainly relished that role and I definitely cross-examined him on our two-on-one date and, and got into it with him. You must have, you knew, right. That you were going to end up, I mean, the, the, 
what everyone thinks and it's probably true is like the two on one is two people who I don't know like don't get along or are at odds so you were potentially expecting to be on that but also expecting that you would come back home I, I, I did, but you also, you know, I, I think it's the timing of the two-on-one was a little strange only because I think by the time I was in Germany, I think Ben and I were just kind of fine. We were coexisting. Like, I think some of the the tension and drama happened early on and when we were all living in the mansion together. And I felt like I told him face-to-face how I was feeling, how the, you know, on behalf of the rest of the guys, how, you know, he was just being kind of a jerk and talking about nonsense that, you know, he shouldn't be talking about in the house. Like if he's there to, to date Des, et cetera. And, right. you know, and as a father and, and, you know, I just, you know, and, and who am I to judge? Like, oh, look, I'm not a parent. I'm, I, you know, he's, I'm not, I wasn't trying to judge him. I was just saying, I was just telling him how his actions were, were being, were making everyone else feel. But by the time we were, were traveling and everything, I was like, okay, this is what it is. Like, she'll see him for what he is or not. And, um, yeah, so I, I was kind of like the, the drama was over until the two-on-one gets announced. And it's like, I got to, like, revisit and ratchet back up these feelings. And then also you, you get the disappointment of knowing that if you're put on the two-on-one, like, you're not ending up with this girl. Like Either way, if you get through it, you're still yeah. not the one. Usually not. I think there's what I've, I've been told that there's one or two t- times where that has not been the case. I think that's a good trivia question. I, I think there is someone who was on a tool and I, I don't know if it was Courtney or not, but someone was on a two on one that actually did get um, chosen or proposed to at the end or whatever, but it's rare, right? Give me a moment, please. Okay. Corinne versus Taylor. Oh, there's me. <laughs> I'll but you were on the two on one. Of course I was. Are you kidding? I forgot that. Yeah. Who were you on with? Emily. Oh, right, right, right. Mine was much more tame than yours was, though. <laughs> the only thing that wasn't tame was leaving me on an island. Like, oh, that I part, remember that. Yeah. That part was really dramatic, but um, but other than that. No, you got I'm, off the island. Why? Well, not with a rose. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I, w- I want to look into that. That'll... I'll, I'll follow up with that. It, it's so rare that you kind of know the writing's on the wall, right? If I'm on the yeah. two on one, like I'm here for one reason and that's to like, you know, that's the right reason. No, it's, it's, I'm here for one reason and it's to, <laughs> you know, uh, to confront and, and battle with the quote unquote villain and, and to, but either way, like the damage is going to be done and you're not going to end up like marrying this girl. And, and so you kind of realize that. And I realized that I remember saying to Brooks, you know, who is, you know, one of my, best friends on the show i was like yeah well you know like this is this is what my role is and this will keep me around you know i guess a, a little bit longer but it's probably not going to work out in the indes and and um you know but but we'll see this you know ben is a jerk and i'm gonna at least you know confront him about that and how inconsistent he is and some of the things he said and yeah so you know th- then the, and then then you have the obviously i have elon as my producer riling me up and mm-hmm. i then it so I, you know, on my date is Elon and Bennett, two of the, obviously the executive producers yeah. and Bennett was Ben's producer and Elon was mine. And even Bennett was coming to me to be like, please send yeah, this right asshole on. home. Please send this asshole home. I am the fact that I have to spend a day with him. I, I want to shoot myself, you know? Oh my gosh. So it's like, you know, you're feeling like, oh my God, I'm the conquering hero. Like I need to, like, I need to do this for the, for everyone, like everyone, like, you know, that everyone, you know, I, 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 you know, like, 
because Ben was also he was also like this is the part that bought I mean, he was rude to PAs he was rude to like the staff at hotels like he was just rude and and I was like I'm doing this I'm doing this for everyone's benefit you know we're gonna get rid of the like the one jerk in the in the season and and everyone is going to be happy and I'll be the conquering hero hooray hooray you know? yeah <laughs> So I got way too into it. The way it was aired, it was very much like you're sitting, you're, as you say, cross-examining Ben. Des is almost like not even there. She's just kind of sitting there like, I'm here. So did we miss anything? Like, was there a a long time with Des? Like, you know, obviously they cut after... So, you know, it happens with... The the, the cross-examination happens and the big... Obviously the big thing is that he, you know, he he thought that Des wanted to hear or that America wanted to hear how he how important going to church is to him, you know, and whatever. And look, uh, religion, when it comes to religion, you, you practice religion the way you want. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's no. But the fact is, he made such a big thing about going to church. And we all happened to go to, to we all went to church for Easter Sunday, except for Ben. Ben didn't go come with us. And so, and we're in Munich, and obviously we went to, um, 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 gosh, what's his name? Um, uh, Pope Benedict, um, we went to his, you know, where he was a cardinal, his um, his church in Munich, which was beautiful. And Ben was the only person, like, you know, we had all different, we had, you know, people of all different denominations just wanted to be a church and for Easter mm-hmm. Sunday, and, and Ben didn't come. And so I was just kind of like, Look, if religion is important to you, that's one thing. But the specific act of if you're going to talk over and over again about how going to church is the most important thing and you're going to miss church on the most important holiday in Christianity, which is Easter Sunday. Like, how do you justify that? And so Mm. when he starts like spewing this stuff to Des about going to church, I was like, well, Ben, you know, going to church, like, where were you on Easter Sunday of going to church is so and, you know, he's how, and, and Des is like, well, you know, he can, you know, he can practice religion at however he's, you know, however, you know, what's, however it is important to him or it's a personal choice. And I said, I totally agree with that. But if he's going to talk about going to church, then mm. like he should have been, he should have gone to church. Like if he's going to talk about my religion is so important to me, that's one thing. But if you're going to say go, the act of going to church is, is so important to me, then like you should be at church on Easter Sunday, you know. So it's like one of those things. It was there was a few things like that where it's like he was putting on an act because he yeah. was saying what he thought Des wanted to hear. He was saying what he thought, like being this, you know, Christian person from Dallas, Texas, like what the what America wanted. You know, he was talking a lot about how. I don't know. He wanted to be like the next Sean. Like he thought like he was going to be the next bachelor. Like he was constantly talking about that. And, you know, so it was, you know, and at that time, I I guess that was really off putting. I I guess now, you know, people come on the show and, you know, they talk openly about wanting to gain Instagram followers and it's all accepted and part of the experience. But back then in 2012, 2013, you know, this Mm -hmm. was like, if you're not here from Des, you're evil. So then, okay. To answer your question, I'm sorry. So That's yeah, okay. after after she makes her decision and sends Ben home, she comes back and she says to me, she was like, Michael, I was gonna pick you no matter what. Like, you know, you didn't have to, you didn't have oh, to like my. go so far. I was like, well, you know, I again, like you could have, you know, I didn't know that. And and my I felt I thought my role here, I thought the reason why you wanted me to be here was to 
was to confront these issues because you knew that obviously other guys had told you they're having issues with men. And I wanted to, you know, bring those, um, uh, bring those issues to light. And she's like, well, you know, you know, she goes, yeah, no, that's fine. She's like, you're funny. And so she ends up like kissing me. We go outside. We like take this walk holding hands. And like I said, we go to like this well that's out there and we make another wish. And I'm like, you know, like to, to kind of like now that Ben's gone, like, let's just focus on us, new beginnings, that kind of thing. And so I left like feeling um, like I was on cloud nine. Like not only did I, you know, not only did I uh, defeat the villain, but I also got the girl, you know, so I'm feeling like I'm feeling like a hero. And then I come back to this like hero's welcome back in at the hotel room and there all the guys are waiting up for me and clapping and cheering. And yeah, yeah, you, you felt like you I felt great. You did everyone a favor. I thought I did. Yeah, I thought I did. I, well, ultimately, I didn't really do myself a favor because the way it was edited and shown, it was it was very sort of divisive. You know, some people obviously thought I, I took it yeah. too far. And, you know, in hindsight, I probably did. But, you know, also other parts were left out. And, you know, I remember at the time people saying, well, you know, Michael may have may have won the battle, but he probably lost the war because Des is probably so turned off by the way he acted during that two on one that, you know, he's he's going to be gone anyway. And to that, I would say my response is, well, if that were the case, I wouldn't have made it past um, the next round in Barcelona, which I did, you know. So and that was, you know, Juan Pablo, you know, we went from eight to five and I somehow made it through <laughs> so if, if you know if she was so turned off like she should have got she would have gotten rid of me in the next uh next next rose ceremony and she didn't but do you think in hindsight you could have made it farther had you not led the charge against ben no i i, I think ultimately like des was much more into brooks and chris um, and, and I think things happen the way they were supposed to happen. I think, I don't, I think in Madeira, when Des and I had our one-on-one date, I think it was pretty, um, although we had a great day together and everything, I, I kind of felt like, mm, like something's off, like something's not right. And, um, and then once I watched the show, I could see, wow, she was like so far ahead with other other men than with me, then like it totally made sense, even though I was like obviously uh, disappointed at the time. So I don't think the thing with Ben actually had anything to do with it. It's one of those things where it's like, look, if it's if it's meant to be and the person's really into you like that, yeah. won't, that won't be an issue. And then you cried. And then I cried. Then, well, then um, it was, you know, went from five to four. So I was right before hometowns mm-hmm. and that week you know, producers are obviously speaking to your parents about like the hometown date and everything else. And I was going to be in New York city. And, um, and so on the way home, you know, from, you know, after being eliminated, I, I remember Elon, the producer was saying to me, you know, are you, are you upset? Are you sad? You know, that kind of thing. And I was like, well, you know, I'm really disappointed, but I think obviously Des has great four great guys remaining, which, you know, they were, and I, and I, I like still, friends with those guys to this day and um you know so i was like and and, you know look i'm going back to miami i'll I'll be fine you know i'll be okay i'm gonna go back to work i'll be fine and then he goes and then you know he wasn't really getting what he wanted from me i think and so he was like well don't you think you should call your mom and let her know that you're not bringing desiree home and in my mind i'm thinking okay logistically like i haven't spoken to my mom in about 
six and a half, seven weeks. Right. And I'm like, logistically, I probably should tell them because, you know, my dad and my sister are going to take off from work and, you know, they're going to, you know, they want to get their, I don't know, my mom's going to like get her hair done and redo the basement. Who knows? I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll call. So Elon gives me the phone and I call my mom and my mom answers and she goes, Michael, you know, um, you know, and I was like, mom, you know, just hi. And she goes, oh my God, how are you? Are you okay? And I was like, well, you know, I'm not, Desiree's not going to be coming home. I'm, I'm, you know, I just got sent home and she goes, you know, again, she's like, oh, are you okay? And I'm like, uh, not really. And hearing my mom's voice and, you know, I started to get a little choked up and my, my mom, the classic line in this whole thing is, is that, I'm saying this and my mom goes, oh, no, not again. (laughs) (laughs) I've been, I had my heart broken so many times and my mom is like, oh, no, here we go again. That's hilarious. The beauty or or the the funny part about that whole scene is that that scene then gets shown, like Jay Leno showed that scene on The Tonight Show. Joel McHale showed it on Top Soup. yeah, and I, I got a kick out of that. I thought that was great. So I, I feel like in the beginning of this season, I, Jimmy Kimmel picked me in his top four, and I let him down. But then at the end of the season, I got on, you know, Leno and and Talk Soup for crying to my mom. Okay, I have a Facebook question for you. Faith Burgess said, Desiree seems to be conservative on social media, and he's obviously more liberal. Does he think things would have lasted long term if she chose him? Yeah, that's funny. You know, th- Things were so different back then, right? We're talking about, you know, we're, we're you know, President Obama is, is president. And, and obviously, you know, I, I think um, it's just funny how, how politics have changed and, and become such an important part of, of not only uh, my life, but, but just of, of the dialogue in general and, and of, of sizing up whether or not someone has the same values that you do. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't really... I don't really know, you know, it's hard to tell. I, I think, I do think Desiree is more conservative and grew up with a more conservative Christian background, but I don't, and, and I don't know this. Um, we have, Desiree, I haven't spoken about this, but you know, <laughs> I am still good friends with Chris and, and I don't take Desiree to be a Trump supporter. You know, mm-hmm. so she may very well be a Republican, a conservative, or at least a moderate. And uh, but she I don't think she's a Trump supporter. And so, you know, I I don't know. And but I think that, you know, obviously, had we fallen in love and had that connection, which didn't happen, um, I I think, um, you know, I think I I could be with someone who's conservative so long as that they're not a a, a Trump supporter. And so long as they, um, you know, are, are socially liberal. So Paradise Season One, you did not go on. No, I, I was asked to do Paradise season one, but I had a girlfriend in Miami and I was, you know, okay. I wanted and I, I liked her. And then it was unlike now where people go on these shows when they still have a relationship. Just leave your girlfriend back home. Yeah, I, I had a girlfriend back home, but I did not do the show anyway. OK, so then you go on two, and obviously like before, you know, as you're doing the testing and all that, they ask you who you're interested in. So who did you say you were interested in? I was interested in Tenley. Right. Um, she and I had met at a um, at the red carpet event for Chris Souls this season. Okay. And um, they did like a, a red carpet um, premiere. 
And yeah, I, I thought she was like really sweet and pretty and nice and like all these things. And, and we had been sort of um, not romantically, but just sort of like staying in touch and talking just, you know, as friends and, and sort of discussing like, oh, are you going to do Paradise or you? I think I'm going to do it. I, I, I might not. And I'll, I'll do it if you do it like that kind of stuff. Um, certainly nothing like, oh, if we go, we'll, we should date, we'll but, date, but definitely yeah. like keeping tabs on one another. And Okay. So obviously you tell them you're into Tenley, which like in hindsight, maybe could be a regret because they, I mean, would you think that they kind of schemed and sent you in once she had already started feeling things for, it was Joshua, I think Joshua Albers at the time. Sure. I, I think, look, I mean, I, I think I'm, uh, I don't know. It's hard. I, I, I'm not, I wasn't trying to, obviously I wasn't trying to strategize and game the system. I think I was, I was honest. I, I think, you know, that was someone I was interested in at the time. And, um, you know, I, I maybe, uh, maybe I was naive and thinking like, Oh, maybe like they actually want me to meet someone and find someone. Oh, and I just looked at her as someone who's obviously had been divorced and is, is age appropriate. And like, you know, want, wants the same things I want, wants a, a family and wants all those things. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know enough about her to know if we'd be completely compatible, but I knew enough to say like, Oh, I, I want to meet her and, and see if that might be the case. So, you know, yeah, I think, um, I think maybe that that's probably, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm sure that they then scheme to put me in that situation. But I also do and I, I still do believe this. And, and maybe this is, again, me being naive. I think they thought she was going to going to, to choose me. Like, I, I don't think. And if you put me side by side with Josh Albers, um, we are two very different choices. Yeah. And she obviously um you know, had her reasons, I'm sure, for, for going the way she did. Uh, those reasons are still sort of unclear, but um, but it's all it's all good now. I mean, she's right. She's married. and, and Wait, Yeah. So you go down late or not original. Week two. Yeah. So she had already gone on a date with Joshua. You come down. You ask her out on a date. You think it's fine. You probably, by the time the rose ceremony thing comes around you're like i'm gonna get the rose then she gives it to joshua like were you shocked did you get to talk to her like afterwards and maybe ask like why well i was shocked only because on our one-on-one on our date we had this wonderful like romantic date we were serenaded by a hundred mariachis and it was like this in this like reflection right. pool it was it was a lot of fun i was very sweaty um but also uh we had a good time we kissed we that was a great it was a great date but also during that date she she put her hand on mine and said to me you obviously have nothing to worry about at tomorrow's rose ceremony she said that to me and so the reason why i was so shocked the next day you know we're separated right you know on the rose ceremony days so i really felt like i had nothing to worry about in fact i was helping like Jared and Kirk and like with, with their situations. And I was like, just completely like feeling, you know, co totally comedic because the, she had told me to my face that I had nothing to worry about. Then suddenly the cocktail party arrives and she just seems like really off and I'm really confused. And then for the first time, when we spend time together at the cocktail party, she tells me, I, I just don't know what to do. I'm being pulled in so many different directions. And I was just like, 
okay, well, I, you know, I don't understand. Like you told me last night, like I had nothing to worry about. What, what changed your mind? Like, I, you know, and I was like, well, you know, this is your decision, like whatever. But I was feeling like all of a sudden I, it was like, I was punched in the stomach. Like I, I was, I remember feeling like, wow, like this is, she's pulling a 180 and now she's all of a sudden she's gone from telling me I had nothing to worry about to now telling, you know, telling me that she's really confused and not sure what she's going to do. And I remember being pretty upset because, you know, it took all the wind out of my sails. And now I'm like, you know, I'm like, look, I'm, you know, I remember producers, certain producers saying to me like, oh, well, there's plenty of other girls. Why don't you try to talk to someone else just in case? Like, you know, and I was like, that's not my thing. And that's not why I'm here. Like, there's no one else I'm interested in that's here right now. And um yeah and so i was i was really confused and at one point i was like i think i'm just gonna leave and then you know elon stopped me from doing that and and i was like that's fine i'll stand up there for the rose ceremony and if i don't get it i don't get it and i remember just uh i remember when i didn't get the rose i I wasn't shocked because at that point i the way she was acting was so off that i was like you know that's fine um and then i remember just saying to her you know, all right, I hope, you know, you find what you're looking for here and just make sure you wear plenty of sunscreen. And Okay, Euphratio Granade says, if I recall right, I don't remember this. He liked Claire on BIP. Did he ever date her outside the show or consider going on her season of The Bachelorette? I did not. No, I did not like Claire on uh, Bachelor in Paris. That was... I met Claire once before, again, at that premiere, Chris Souls' premiere, and then I was on Bachelor in Paradise um, season two with Claire. But Claire and I, Claire had gone on a date with Jared. I don't know what she, I, oh, I think she ended up going on a date with Mikey, Mikey Tenor, Mikey T, Mikey Tenorelli at some point. Like they think they did some weird yoga date or something. I was not, I was not pursuing Claire. I, you know, we were just you know, we were acquaint at that time. I wouldn't even say we were friends. We were just kind of like acquaintances and like, you know, we, we didn't really spend much time together at all. And, and no, Claire and I never dated outside the show. Um, Claire and I really became close and became good friends on winter games. When did you date Ashley Frazier? Was that before paradise or after before Ashley Frazier and I, and, and Ashley Frazier and I met because her best friend from home from Houston was dating a good friend of mine from law school who's also from Houston. So we met completely organically. Like we didn't meet through like the show or events or obviously that was before DMs and everything else. So we just, we met because her best girlfriend at home in Houston was dating one of my best guy friends from law school who's also from Houston. And so we like ended up going on a double date and then I was in Miami and we did, you know, did some long distance for a few months and, and ultimately like, you know, long distance is what long distance is, you know, it it just wasn't going to work. So Winter Games, what, how much time had passed from like your last appearance on Bachelor in Paradise and Winter Games? Yeah, Bachelor in Paradise for me, season two was 2015 and Winter Games was December 2017, I believe. Yeah. So how did, how did you get cast for that show? How did I get cast for that show? You know, uh, Lindsay Lyles, right? Yeah. Um, She came to New York um, with, uh, with Chris, her husband, mm-hmm. and we met up, and she, she sort of told me about about Winter Games and asked me, you know, is that something, you know, would you be interested? You know, obviously, given that time uh, within the world with with politics and the state of of our union, um, I was like, wow, that could be this could be like an interesting opportunity to be able to discuss, you know, what's going on in the United States with um, 
people from all over the world and, and, and who knows like what, you know, who you might meet uh, through this experience. And, and, uh, you know, obviously single because I'm always single. And um, I was like, yeah, sure. I was like, you know, why not? It's so funny. Like most people are like, oh, I can't wait to go on this show and find love. You were like, I can't wait to talk politics. Well, yeah, no, I was. I was like, I, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't look. I don't want to go on the show and meet someone and and you know, in Japan and do long distance. You know, like I, you know, although you know, look, I would move anywhere. Like if I met the woman of my dreams, I would move anywhere. And you had said you were kind of interested in Leslie at one point, but then I she was. fell for Dean. I definitely was interested in her at the start of Winter Games, and I definitely. Um, we definitely had a couple of conversations that, uh, you know, didn't air where I, where I basically put my heart on my sleeve and, and, and indicated that to her. And, and, but I think she already had, uh, developed some feelings or was interested in, in Dean. Okay. Let's talk about after, after show. Someone is saying that a lot of people are speculating that you're dating Andy Dorfman. She posted a photo of herself between two male leggies on a beach and some people were speculating based on your feet. I'm sure that gentleman's face uh, is very good looking, but his feet, his feet are no Michael G feet. I'll tell you that. So I'm not dating Andy Dorfman. Um, I have been very vigilant during COVID-19. I would not be traveling to Cabo. I was like, there's no way it's, I know it's not Michael, but there's yeah. also no way it's Michael because he would not. You no, know, I mean, there was some coincidence. You know, obviously we were, I guess we were, when I was driving across country to move to L.A., you know, I, well, obviously I moved to L.A. and we were yeah. in Sedona around the same time. And, um, you know, Andy and I are, are friends, but um, no, there's there's no, uh, there's no romance. Someone, uh, speaking of moving to L.A., Vanessa said, why did he move to L.A.? I've always been curious. I've lived all over, you know, I've lived in, um, in New York for obviously a long time. New York is home. I've lived in Miami. I've lived in Houston. I've lived in Madrid. I've lived in Rome. Um, and I've always wanted to try the West coast and because, uh, of the, the one silver lining, I guess, of the pandemic is that I'm not tethered to an office in, in midtown Manhattan. And so I, you know, I can work from home from anywhere. So what my, lease coming up at the end of October, I decided I would uh, take the plunge. So I don't regret not not giving it a shot and 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 try to, you know, take my my talents to LA. My favorite question of all, Amanda McGrath. He seems smart, nice, engaged in world affairs. What's the catch? I don't know, Liv, you tell me. <laughs> Answer the question. Um, I, I, I really do think that a lot of it is um, is bad luck and timing um, mm -hmm. is a big part of it. I, I think obviously, I've, you know, for my career and everything else, I've 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 moved around, and but I also think I find um, amazing women, and I've dated amazing women, and yet uh, whether or not it's in my own life or in their life, um, just the timing is off. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, so I, I think I'm going to eventually write a book that's called Why Are You Still Single, uh, actually. Um, so I think I think that's it. I think I, I know what I want. I know what I'm looking for. And it's just a matter of finding someone who has those qualities and also is at uh, a point in their life and with timing that, that they, you know, um, are ready to be in a relationship. Well, Bethany Taylor says, ugh, 
I love him. Thank you, Bethany. I love you too. <laughs> um, okay. Someone else loves you. Oh, Katie Shedlock. Love him. No questions. Just want to applaud him for always being vocal about current events and educating others in Batch Nation. No problem. My, my pleasure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice. Um, I'm very passionate, you know, obviously, and, and you are too, um, about issues that, that matter. And, you know, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I am at a point where I don't care if I lose followers for it no. or whatever. I'm just, um, I, I can't help myself. I mean, you know me on Twitter yes. or whatever. So I, you know, I can't <laughs> help myself. I have to sort of, I have to say how I feel because I think it's just craziness. Yeah. Well, people were writing in my Facebook group saying, I think there's a rumor that y'all dated. We did. And I can attest to this. He's up on his phone on Twitter at 1 a.m. Tweeting, tweeting, tweeting. Passionately. No, I'm up. I was up buying the squatty potty. That too. Someone, someone who will end up with me will have to, I guess, um, take the good with the bad and appreciate that, that I'll always be sort of direct and honest and candid with them about how I'm feeling. Kelly Kent, I think he's a type one diabetic. Me too. I'm curious how it was on the show managing his diabetes and if he ever thought about talking about it on the show. Um, yeah, so I am I am a type 1 di diabetic. I was uh, diagnosed when I was 16. Um, and yes, I, you know, it did create some um, some issues on the show only because you know, you have to take breaks and test your blood sugar and things like that, you know, for, especially for like athletic dates, like dodgeball date, et cetera. Um, you know, when you're traveling and you have to travel with, um, at the time I'm traveling with syringes and things like that. Yeah. And you don't want to obviously hold up the, the travel team in that schedule. So you have to have like a note from your doctor, but I will say that the producers were above and beyond amazing when it came to like anything I needed, like, on each show, you know, like I had on winter games, I had like the Michael G pouch with like snacks and like, they sure. were, I mean, to a, to a person, you know, everyone associated with the show was so great about that. Okay. Here, um, say your, your social needs and where people can follow your outspoken tweets. Yeah. If you, if you want on my unfiltered takes, you can follow me on Twitter at, Michael Garofola, very creative. Uh, my first and last name, that's G-A-R-O-F-O-L-A. And also on Instagram at Michael Garofola. So very consistent. Um, you'll see mostly on Instagram, you'll see more pictures of Roger, my, my dog roommate, mm -hmm. uh, and some LA sunsets and things like that. There's not much not many exciting things happening in my life at the moment. So bear with me. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I once hopefully once restrictions are lifted, I'll have some more. It's gonna be going wild. Who knows? Maybe some vacation picks. That would be Ooh. nice. I'd like to travel again. He's gonna go abroad. He's gonna meet his match. I'm gonna go abroad. Maybe I'll eventually meet abroad. You never know. Yeah. Okay, we gotta go. Goodbye. <laughs>